This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. Today, I've got a longtime buddy, Dr. Ryan Diedrich. What's going on? Oh, doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Exciting to uh, to have you today on The Circuit of Success. We've been talking lots about this for the years, but uh, it's exciting to get to, to get to have you in the, the studio, as we call it, right? <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. Well, for those people that don't know Dr. Ryan Diedrich, you are the owner. You are a physician of uh, Mid-America Institute of Plastic and Cosmetic Surgery. Got your office in Glen Carbon, Illinois. It's beautiful. Oh, Got a spa you. over there as well. We do. People need to check that out, don't they? Absolutely. Come on in. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get a little lay of the land, man. Who is Dr. Ryan Diedrich? What's made you the man you are today? I know you grew up in Southern Illinois, uh, went to school at Southern Illinois, and then what, back in Springfield for your medical stuff? Is that correct. right? That's correct. That's right. So, uh, I mean, I know a little bit about your past, and I think there's a lot of success there, and we'd love to, to, to kind of dive into some of that. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing in old Marion, Illinois. Sure. Yeah. I grew up small town, Marion, Illinois family, originally from Chicago area, Rockford area, all up North and came down for school and had planned to move back and loved the community. They liked the values of the people in Southern Illinois. They liked um, the lifestyle and they started having success themselves early on, right out of college and just never left. So we actually grew up on Lake of Egypt down in Southern Illinois, which you know, I, if you can raise your kids on a lake, I mean, there's nothing. That's there. the one. Oh, it's so what fun. you're doing now with your son, right? Yeah, we are. We're trying to. We actually have. So we don't live down there, yeah. but we've actually purchased a house down at Lake of Egypt. So yeah. we try to go every chance we can. That's awesome. So what did your mom, dad, what was their business growing up? What they do? So my father started out in real estate and insurance. My mother was a teacher. And then eventually he didn't do real estate anymore. He was just insurance. And um ironically with what I do was primarily malpractice insurance is what okay. he did, um, throughout the region. Yeah. So did you grow up knowing you wanted to be a doctor or how did that happen? <laughs> Somebody asked me when I said, I was coming here to talk to you. And they said, are you going to tell them the truth about <laughs> what you said about physicians when you were young? I said, I probably will, which my parents asked me early on. They said, what do you want to do? And I said, the only thing I don't want to do is be a physician. And they said, why? I said, I said they're weird. <laughs> and so I guess maybe later in life, I realized that's weird. This is the way to go. Yeah. But yeah. A great decision I made. What, how old were you when that happened? You know, Oh gosh, that was like eight years old. Okay. Yeah. I knew, so I knew for sure what weird. I didn't want to do. I've, yeah. I've learned in life, never say what you don't want to do. Cause that's probably what you're going to do. Well, it's funny. I, uh, I was at a, uh, out of college for about two months and I thought, you know what? I don't, I thought I wanted to be in, in the investment world. And then I said, you know what? I actually don't think I want to be in financial planning. I think I'm going to work my way up, be the general manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, oh. 
20 something years later, here I am still in the financial industry. So you're right. Be careful what you say, man. <laughs> so what did, what did you learn about success? I mean, growing up, being around people, I mean, what was some of the traits, maybe some of the things that you learned? Cause I think what I know about you just watching from the distance is you have a burning desire to be really, really good at what you do. I think you're a student of the game. Uh, I mean, you go to conferences, obviously we got to do this stuff in an industry, but I think you do it with a big passion. And so why, why do you think that is? That's a great question. You know, I, Early on, um, I remember my father saying, you know, life's hard. Don't expect anything special. Um, you know, what you get, you have to work for, but treat people along, right along the way, you know, always yep. be honest, ethical, and treat people well. And small town upbringing, you know, if you, if you look at a lot of the success, not all, but a lot of the successful um, leaders of the nation, a lot of them grew up with those small town values of treat people right. Uh, as we were, as we're looking at raising our, you know, children, I think about, um, you know, things you do like simple things like allowance. And my wife said, you know, did you get an allowance? I said, no, my first job was age 12. I worked at a Marina starting at age 12. <laughs> that I think is one of the best decisions of my life was starting young. I mean, in the summers we would work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. We're probably violating some child labor laws <laughs> there, but we would That's work. It was different back then. It, right? it was a lot different back right. then. And I mean, it was, People would say, oh, you got to work this summer. I'm like, I can't wait to work this summer. It's like the greatest thing I get to do. And as I look through careers, even, I can't think of one I ever, of things I've done in my life that I ever regretted or didn't get excited to go do. And it's because it gave you the chance of the feeling of accomplishment, the feeling to do something. And you may say, oh, you worked at a marina. How accomplishing yeah. could that be? But I mean, I constantly learned, you know, I learned how to run a business. I learned customer service, learning to deal with problems. And I mean, let's be real. I got to be on the lake all summer. Right, so it right. doesn't get better than that. And did your parents make you work or was it just something you're like, Hey, I want to go do. I don't even feel like in my mind, it was an option. I mean, they didn't, I, I didn't have to work. They never asked me to go to work. Um, I wanted to get a job early yeah. on. I wanted to do my own thing. Um, I mean, it, it's, there's nothing better than being a 12 year old working 60 hours a week in a Marina all summer. Um, you have a lot of freedom. You have a lot of personal freedom. You have a lot of personal responsibility. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of financial freedom at age 12. Let me tell you, a 12 right. year old with a job has a lot of money. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's good or bad. I don't that know. That hundred bucks is a big deal. Oh, it was a big deal. Yeah. Man, so it's funny you say that my son is refing uh, my oldest one. I got four boys, um, but my oldest one's refing soccer games and he gets like 40 bucks in cash after every game. And comes home maybe sometimes 80 bucks a day when he does mm -hmm. that i'm like this is good money but he thinks he's loaded i'm like this is good this he is, is good mom for mom and, and dad bills. this is That's great <laughs> straight cash no uh well maybe there are taxes i'm sure we will pay taxes for anybody listening on that uh, on this so um so anyway so fast forward you, you didn't want to be a doctor but then you went to college and then i guess somewhere along that line you said man maybe i do want to be a doctor and in, in fact i want to be a plastic surgeon yeah and the, the path to get there was not straightforward. I won't lie. So I actually started writing software young. Um, I was around 12, 13 when I started writing software. Um, wow. We sold banking software actually when I was about 15 years old um, was the first time I was able to actually sell uh, a commercial product. And as I look back, I'm sure this bank had no idea. They just bought something from a 15 year old. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a terrible idea. Kept track of um, insurance records and loans for them. You know, this is back before this was readily, readily available. So I went to college because I had a brother who had gone to a year of college, not gone to college. And my parents, that is the one thing they did push for is that you need to go to college. So I went for one year to make them happy. 
And at the end of that year, I realized I didn't want to go to college. And I'd already started working, doing software development, consulting. And after about a year and a half, I quit going to college. I didn't go for no like two years. And we wrote um, software for a bunch of, you know, I wrote software for a bunch of companies, wrote banking software, was involved in oversight of implementation of manufacturing systems for a big uh, corrugated manufacturer, um, uh, online uh, uh, shopping carts before the days of this being an easy thing to do. Okay, yeah. So in that process, though, I wrote some software for a group of physicians. And as I got around what they did, I thought, well, I really like this. And it's not something I had ever even considered in my path. I wasn't a biology person. I wasn't, it just wasn't my direction. So I started investigating and I thought, I think I like this. And so, you're 19, 20 at the time. Yes, I'm probably about 21, 22 okay. at the time yeah, that I've kind of realized and the direction was going great. I was in, but I realized I, you know, I don't think this is the direction I want to go forever. Right. So it is that time I made the decision. I remember approaching my family and saying, I think I want to go to medical school. They looked at me and they said, are you seriously, are you crazy? What are you thinking? <laughs> and it's because I had invested so much in the direction I was going. Um, we were doing well and they were just surprised. Um, but I made that decision. So all the way through college until the day I started medical school, I ran that business and then we sold it off. Um, at the end of uh, basically about three months, two months before I started medical school, oh, I sold that off. That's awesome. And was that when you say we, who was in that with you? It, actually, I was the owner, but it was, you know, I, I have a bad habit of saying we, because there's, you're never in it alone. No. You know, you always have people you're working with, you're involved with. Um, uh, probably one of my biggest lessons in life, again, is it's always a we. There's yeah. never an I did it all. It's the people that support you through it. Yeah. I think that's a good lesson. And, you know, being around you and, and the people in your company, I mean, I think that's what you do at work right now. I mean, you got I, how many people that work for you? We've got, um, we're approaching 21 right now and we keep growing. Yeah. And I, I think that's a lesson I've learned is make sure you empower your people. Um, you know, you can't do it all yourself. And if they feel empowered, they feel ownership. I think they're just, you're just more successful as a group yep. than an individual. Talk to that business owner right now. That's listening to this, that is, is afraid maybe to double down on themselves or, or invest the money. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at what you've done over the last 10 years. So congratulations. Okay. You just had a 10 year anniversary, right. For your practice we and your, your company. And which is amazing. That seems like yesterday, but talk about that step that you took early on to say, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to do things in maybe a little bit different way. And I'm going to invest in myself. What was that like? It's scary. You know, early on leaving a successful business to go into the unknown of not sure what's actually going to happen is pretty scary. Yeah. Um, can I do it? What is the, what's the outcome going to be? But I, I'm reminded of people who say, you know, if you don't take a step, you're never going to get anywhere. So taking a wrong step, I believe is better than taking no step. Yeah. So I took the step in hindsight, it worked out great. And it was a good decision. Then we go to work and um, you know, I'm looking for where I want to be. And most of my friends are saying, I want to go to work for someone. I don't know. I don't, that's just not me. Yeah. I want to create something. I want to develop something that hasn't been done before. So started out small practice where I am. And we were just talking at the 10 year anniversary. One of the um, pivotal moments that was a little bit scary was when we started construction on our new facility. When I started, it was, monstrous. And people in the community were like, he's crazy. There's no way he needs a place that big. And what they didn't know is I probably didn't make enough money to pay the mortgage payment on the building <laughs> at the time. But I thought, you know, 
I think if we, you know, feel the dreams here, if we build right. it, they will come. Right. That's right. And so we started construction, we moved forward and we're now at five years out. And our biggest problem right now is we should have built double as big. We don't have enough room. So we're at the same point, again, pivotal point where we're looking, what are our options? Are we going to expand? Are we going to build a new facility? And we're right on the cusp of doing that step right now. And what do you, what do you think about it back then? So five years ago, and I remember actually having a discussion with you, scared to death, right? Like, Absolutely. I'm getting ready to do what? And we don't need this much space. <laughs> we're not going to fill it. We're, you know, we're going to rent some of it out and all this stuff. Right. And so, but what made you still take the step to do it anyway? I knew you don't want to just sit where you are. Um, you've got to have passion. You've got to have direction. You've got to have goals. And in my mind, what I've done always is set 20-year goals. Where do I want to be in 20 years? Nobody changes as time goes on and life happens. But working my way back to what are we going to do today? You know, What's the one thing I can do today to make that happen? And I think to hit my 20-year goal... I knew working back, the one thing I needed to do that day is I needed more space. I needed more presence and I needed to establish ourselves as um, something special in the community and having the facility would be a good first step at that. Yeah. And so did you have like, would you say you have mentors in your world? Like, do you have somebody you look up to and did you talk to anybody about it? It was just kind of a gut feeling. Obviously you had the financials and, and all the decisions that wasn't like, Oh, let's just go build a building. You, you knew what it was going to be, but did you just more follow your gut or was there? I think it was a little bit of both. My gut told me that if we can do more, we can accomplish more. I'd seen bits and pieces from others. And then you're exactly right. I talked to people who have done similar before. Yeah. Um, we spent a lot of times as we were moving into that larger facility before that going to follow people to spend time with them. One of, and I feel like I say a lot of one of my best decisions, but one of my better decisions in life was I created, it's more of a medical thing, but it works. I think, I think it works great in business or any industry is I created my own, what I call traveling fellowship. When I was in training, one of the gentlemen that trained me, an amazing physician, received a grant money to go travel and teach. So he would travel throughout the country and he would learn and teach, learn and teach. And I thought, why does that need to be something formalized? Why does that need to be grant provided? So for the last probably seven, eight years or so, I've done just that myself. About every three months until COVID hit, yeah. we would, I would get up and I would travel somewhere. I'd go spend time with somebody. And my goal was to learn and teach. It, one, it reinvigorates you. But two, you get you always come out of it with more than you provided. I mean, just to see what others do, to hear others' dreams, to hear other vision. Um, I had somebody tell me once, oh, you, you know, you're creative. You come up with ideas and I, not really. I mean, I kind of hear what other people do. And I think, you know, I, I always joke, I've never had an original thought. Everything, somebody else's vision right. that I incorporated and said, God, I, I want to do that. That's yeah. a great idea and try to bring it together to create something better. Yeah. But I, what I hear though, is that I, and I, I agree. I mean, I've got all these great ideas, but it's from either reading books, surrounding myself with great people, a podcast, whatever it may be. But I think what I know about you and I know about others is it's the action though. Once you have that idea and one of the circuits of the circuit of success, right? Is there's attitude, there's belief, there's action mm -hmm. that gets you the results. That action though is what you've done. So how do you do that? Right? Cause you can go learn in any of the best doctors or financial people, whatever around the country, but you got to take action. So what's your game plan for that? That's a great question. I think you're right. Idea without action is a dream, yep. you know? And so how do you take the action? 
you figure out what you want, you set your goal, you work back to the steps you need. And then finally you just do it and it's scary and it's intimidating and you screw up a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, um, there was ever a book of mistakes made, um, I could probably publish that book. <laughs> I mean, I've, Bestseller. More, I, I, yeah, I've made more mistakes than I've made rights, I believe, but that's how you do it. So to sit there and not just take the leap of faith and step, the biggest mistake you can make is to not make a mistake. Yep. So you got to just go forward and do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, uh, Tom Satterley was in here one time, you know, big, uh, military guy for our country. And he said something like that, like basically the biggest failure is a failure to, to not try. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we're not going to try, that's a huge failure. What you guaranteed to fail. Yeah. Right. But it's scary. And I think sometimes it's, what is it? Paralysis by analysis. And so you got to take that first step, even though you don't know if that bridge is still going to be there. Right. You just got to keep stepping. You got to have faith. I always talk about belief to action. There's faith because mm-hmm. we could tell you all day long, Hey, how many medical people or business people have built a building and done this and done that. You just have to trust it at some point and trust your decisions, trust your intuition, trust your instincts, whatever it is. And you just got to take the steps and keep walking. I think that's a good point. And you know, I see a lot of, um, and I'm probably going to contradict what a lot of people say. A lot of MBA students come out and they say, I'm going to start a business. I've got my business plan. And that business plan has everything thought through it. And I think, I don't feel like most of the successful people I know had everything thought through at the beginning. They had their first steps. They stepped in and then realized we've got more to do guys. I mean, because if your goal is to accomplish everything before you take the first step, you're never going to take that first step. You just got to do it. No. What, what have you learned now like today versus say even 10 years back? How would you define success now? Has it changed? Um, I think it has changed. And I think having kids changes it and, you know, children change the world for you for sure. And it changes your view before I had children. I thought I understand that. And then after you have children, yeah. I didn't understand that. And you it's know. amazing how like you understand it within a millisecond, right? When that baby's born. Really quick, they right. become your world. So creating a balance, which I don't love the word work-life balance, um, because you should love your work. You should love your family. Um, but making sure you make time and you be there. So my previous success might've been um, just the business side or what's happening. Now it's being successful in business, having time with my family, having great interpersonal relationships and um, just, just kind of getting our dreams. Um, I, and I think that's another thing in that 20 year goal. My, my brother actually summed it up with his daughter once, which I thought was exceptional. He said, you know, what do you want to do? And she said this, and you know, why do you want to do that? Well, I want to then do this so I can get to here. And she's wanting to go to dental school. She's actually interviewing yesterday and tomorrow. He said, why do you want to go to dental school? So I can get a good job. Why do you want to get a good job? So I can, support, so I can this, but why do you want to do that? So I can why, 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 why? And you get to a point you're like, well, I don't know. I guess your goal is to be happy. Yeah. And that's really what he was trying to instill in her is it's great to have a dream. It's great to say, I want to make money. It's great. I want to be successful, but don't forget why you're doing it. Don't forget what your end game is that you're really wanting most people to create a nice life um, for your family, to take care of your family, to enjoy time with your family, to be able to do the things in life that you enjoy to do. I think it's, I call it the QBQ, the question behind the question. Mm -hmm. And so, because I think you're right. I mean, so many of us, I think when we start where, you know, you're in your twenties, whatever it may be. And that's kind of all, you know, is I want to go make some money. Yeah. And then I think if I just kept saying, why, 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 
I think sometimes you aren't going to really know that until you get kicked around a little bit out in the marketplace, right? Yeah. Go, go play in traffic a little bit, right? You're going to get hit by a car and that's okay uh, in, in the business world. So I, I don't know, man. I think that part of that is you, you don't know exactly what that 20-year plan is until you start working it for a while. Would you agree? I agree with that completely. And the other um, great part about whatever you do, and people would say, well, medicine is great because we can change lives. But I think everybody changes lives. So as I look at, you know, creating a great life with my family, but also you want to kind of leave a legacy, you know, Mm -hmm. and to me, some of the legacy is my family. Some of the legacy is my employees. And some of that legacy is simply the lives we have touched. I mean, it is, I'm so lucky that almost every week or maybe even several times per week, I have somebody in my office crying how their life has changed for the better. And I, I will, I think, if people in my industry, what I do, I think it's very in your face, but I also think it's true for a financial advisor where somebody says, Oh my God, I got to retire and spend time with my grandchildren. I mean, it's the power of changing lives, both yours and your family. I think that's success. Yeah. And you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think too, is to slow down and how do you bottle that up? Right. So, so I would ask you this question is how, how do you do that? How do you bottle that up? Somebody was in my office crying. I've changed their world, right? Which ultimately helped you, right? In your business. But how do you slow down in this crazy world and enjoy the journey? <laughs> that is probably the thing I struggle with the most. Yeah. Somebody said, So I'm not the only one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, in my office today, they said, um, I heard this weekend, you're going to do nothing. That's your plan. I said, that's my plan. You know, we haven't had a day of nothing in so long. I can't remember. And I fully recognize about one to two hours and nothing. I'm going to be like, Hey, you want to go do something? Right. You know, like it, it's a challenge, but I think it's okay. You know, when the days of financial planning are over and you think I want to retire into something else, I guarantee you're still going to have a mission, still have a goal, still have something, a passion you love to do. For some people, it's golf. They want to be the best golfer they can. They, you know, maybe they want their house yard to be perfect, yeah. but you still got to have passion. That's what gives you meaning in life. Yeah. What do you wish you had more time to do to follow passions? One, I love to travel. If I could travel more, it would be great. Yeah. And two, even more now than ever, spend time with family. Um, that was when we looked at purchasing a house at the lake. Um, that was the one thing that forces me to slow down. I'm far enough away. It's, I could still work, but it's a little harder. Yeah. I've got family right there. We're all together and we're there for one purpose, just enjoy each other's time. So yeah, that's incredible. What's the bucket list uh, travel right now? If you oh just said, here's a magic pen and paper, you can go anywhere you want. Where is it? That is. That is one I've been seeking out lately. We have looked at everything from um, Maldives to Bali. We'd like to do more Europe. Um, I, I, I actually do know what it is. We're waiting for my boy to get older. I want to do Antarctica. <laughs> oh, wow. So we have, so I, I love to travel. Anyone that knows me knows this. Oh, yeah. I've hit all 50 states. I have it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah it's- two continents to go. And so I want to hit Australia and then Antarctica. And I think Antarctica is the one that most people don't ever get to. No, so. that's a big deal. Yeah. So I, w- I want to warm. do that at some point, but I think I'm going to wait till my boy's old enough. That's cool. He's how old now? Oh, he's only eight months. We got a long yeah. time to go. Got a ways to go. Oh, yeah. Can't get enough clothes on an eight-month-old to go to Antarctica, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think um, so. When you when you think about your life plan, so you talked about your twenty-year deal and you back it up into today. What do I need to do today? Which I think is great. But what does that process look like for you? Are you a guy that sits down with a journal and just kind of dreams for a while? Is it 
a writing out, you know, process over a few days? I mean, what's that look like? So I used to just dream for a while, which I think is okay, but it doesn't work. Um, I'm with you. I read a lot, learn, and people have always, you know, there's a lot of sources that say you need to write it down. Or it's, I forget the data. It's like 60 something percent more likely yeah. to happen if you write it down. And I think that's true. So I started putting it in formalized, um, written down. Then we have kind of a team leader group at our office. And I actually do the same thing with them. I make them talk about their professional 20-year goals, um, whether it's with us or not. They are more than welcome to say it's outside of us if that's their dream. And also, I make them talk about their personal 20-year goals. And so I've kind of turned this into a group effort to look at 20-year goals and where we want to be. Is that hard to do? I mean, 20 years from now? It is. I mean, you know... And I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think the other part of that is though, is that don't be so focused on it being perfect, right? It can change. It can change tomorrow. It can change a year from now. But I think, and I don't know this, but I think the point of it is just get something on paper. I agree with you. Write it down. Yep. At least you know which way you're going, even if that road turns. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the key. I think so many times I've seen with doing what we do is people want this perfect grandiose plan and it's not going to be perfect grandiose plan longer. I mean, a year, two years, three years, maybe that's, that's manageable, but that 10, 15, 20 years and beyond is really, really tough to have Mm -hmm. extreme clarity on. I think. No, I agree with you. And it changes constantly. Um, And as I'm going through the planning stages of, you know, thinking how I organize my life, how I make it happen. I I think back to the, what's called the Dunning Kruger effect. I don't know if you've ever known this. So Dunning Kruger effect is amazing. And all you have to do is get on social media to appreciate it. What they looked at was how much of an expert at something does somebody think they are versus how expert are they? And what you find is as somebody starts to learn something, they think they're incredibly brilliant. I mean, we've all been on internet and social media. There's a lot of experts out there. Oh, yeah. But as you learn more, you start to realize how ignorant of the topic you actually are. And it's actually almost impossible to ever catch that initial sense of intelligence that you have. And as I've gone through this, you know, I started out thinking, I think I've got this figured out. And I realize now how ignorant I am. <laughs> and, but I think that ignorant place is a good thing because that's what gives you passion to learn more and to get better. And I'm constantly looking at the ways, okay, how can I accomplish more in the day? How can yeah. I get better at what I'm doing? Yeah. How to serve more people and with the best uh, possible client satisfaction, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What, um, it's kind of like the Matthew McConaughey Oscar speech. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. It's, no. it's worth YouTubing. Matthew McConaughey Oscar speech. He talks about the person he's uh, always chasing. And that person is always him 10, 15, 20 years from now. And it made me think of that when you, when you talked about what you just said about kind of what is that thing, right? I think it's chasing your best, your best self. Yes. Right. And would you say you're constantly doing that? What's that look like? Constantly chasing your best self. Matthew McConaughey. I know you've read green lights. Oh yeah. Such a good book. You know, it's not the book I ever thought I would read. I think we were texting about that, right? We were like, I'm like, he's like, what? Yeah, I, I would have never thought I'd read that book, but yeah. really good because you are, you're right. You're constantly chasing the best version of yourself you can be. Um, how do you, uh, this goes all the way back to the beginning of I didn't want to go to college. Um, so I went because it was a necessary requirement. So somebody may listen to that and say, oh, he doesn't like to learn. I think formalized education's okay. It's fine. I think the real secret, well, the danger of formalized education is you come out and you think you're there. No, yeah. you just started the just journey. Yeah. You got to learn constantly. I think that's the secret to life is you should spend every day of your life, whatever your craft is getting better, learning about your 
personal self? How can you be a better person? How can you be better to your family? How can you be better to your friends? Um, I followed a lot of your lead on that, actually, as far as reading. I know you set, I believe you set personal goals for reading. Um, And I've done the same. And uh, it's, it's amazing. You know, you don't always agree with everything you read, but the compilation of the data you start to analyze, it's amazing how it can change your life. Well, it is. I mean, you think about the math, if, if we read some ideals, 10 pages a day, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I can do that without fail, that's around 22 to 25 business books a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you look around here, right? It's all you see is books. And, and so 25 a year, let's call it for easy math. Four years from now, I've read a hundred books, right? If I've read a hundred and you've read zero or two, who's got a better chance of winning? Right. right? If you just picked up one useful fact from every book, yeah. just one you're infinitely better than the person behind Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And I think too, I mean, I say this in a lot of my public talks that I give is that if, if out of this 50 minutes, if you can have 30 seconds where you get something, mm-hmm. that's a victory. Because I, I used to go into speeches like, oh, I want all 50 minutes to be good and I want to learn something. And it's like, no, 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 that's the, in my mind, that's the wrong mindset. If I can take one nugget from that book, that's all I need. When I travel and I go see others, um, what I, I tell people, that's my goal is to walk back with one to three things. I just want one to three things. If I get them, huge success. Yeah. I'm stealing that idea, by the way. I wrote that down. <laughs> I like, travel to other businesses to learn. Because I've been thinking about that. Because you know, when you own your own company, and I think my business partner, Tim, and I, we were just talking about that the other day, is we need to learn from other people, right? Conferences have kind of stopped. I mean, the, it's not the same to go to a conference on Zoom for three days. It's, you know, you get too many distractions and stuff. So when I'm still at a meeting, when I'm sitting there at a meeting and I'm listening to this expert speak, yeah. who's not always the expert, you know, it's shocking how often I talk to the guy next to me, the guy or girl next to me, and I pick up five more useful tips from them yeah. than I ever picked up from the person talking. So that the networking and relationship is good, especially if you can form a good network of people who are transparent. And that's yeah. sometimes the hard people. People yeah. don't want to show, you know, I mean, I don't want to show my bad side either. You know I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not all roses. You know, we have failures and it's hard to show, but if you can get others to show their wins and their losses, yeah, you learn so much. Yeah. And I think it's cool too, when you're traveling doing that, how many people out there in the world that are successful, that are willing to give their time. I mean, it's not, I would assume you're not writing a check to these no. people and saying, Hey, here's a couple thousand bucks. Let me come bother you for a few hours today. Nope. They're just letting me come hang out for a couple days and see what we see. That's amazing. Sometimes I buy them dinner. That's about all we got in it. Which is even better. Um, So let's talk about fears. I, I, every, almost every show I ask this question and people probably get tired of me hearing me say every time I ask that question, but I'll ask it again, the fear question of how many fears that you've put in your mind over your career Okay. How many fears you put in your mind over your career have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? (laughs) Um, it sounds like a Dr. Jason Selk question right <laughs> to me. Um, it, it's very few. You're exactly right. Very few. Um, if you ask my wife right now today, what is my biggest fear? She could answer it without even, you know, batting an eye yeah. failure. And the reality is if we're already here, we've already succeeded. We've already done well. Life is good. And so that fear, well, you're on the circuits of success, not the circuit of failure, <laughs> right? Well, you know, to get on the circuit of success, you have to do the circuit of circus of circuit of circus. The circus that's, right. that's what my cousin calls it. The circus. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. But I, but I also think that you're right on the side of failure as well. Right. I mean, you're, so here you are at what point is it 10 years? Is it 20 years? Is it 30? At what point will you decide failure is not a fear anymore? 
That's a tough question because um, I still have it. And I think one thing I've learned in the last year that has been challenging is you would think as you get more stable, more successful, we can pay for our building now. We're not entering a building we can't afford that fear would start to go away, but I actually almost find it gets worse (laughs) because now I have something to lose. You know, when I started out, if I went bankrupt, I'm right where I was. Nothing's changed. So now I actually have something to lose. So I'm finding that I have to overcome that fear of failure even more each day. Um, As we were looking at expansion and stuff, I started to have those thoughts in my mind um, of, well, what if, what if, what if? And that's exactly what I had to do. I tried to do that 60 seconds, knock it out of your mind, you know, think about what could happen, but remember what could happen. You know, it's the exact same question, the opposite direction. And so not to be afraid of losing what you have, but move forward. And you've probably heard this before too, but I I would love this question that we ask a lot of people all the time is if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? It's a great question. I think I didn't come up with that on my own. Right. So so if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? So you eliminate, right? You eliminate those, that, that kind of the, the chain, if you will, that's holding you back, right? You cut that deal. What are you going to do? I'm going to do the same thing I'm doing, only more aggressively. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. And so yeah. I think well, that's a great question. Yeah. It's something to certainly journal about and think about for a while. But if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? Um, what was it? I just lost my train of thought, what I was going to ask you. But, but if you think about your life now, I know where I was going with this is the the failures. It's easy to talk about success, right? And you don't have to share maybe if there was a a certain failure you're thinking of, but what did you learn going through some harder times versus all the good times that you had? So I just wrote an article, um, which was published where most of you wouldn't have seen in plastic surgery news, because I think too many people spend their time bragging about what they accomplished. And that, you know, that's great. But like you said, it doesn't talk about what failed. So I think back years ago, I was on a trip and we looked at our accounting and our finances were dropping. We were getting low. And I thought we had just really done a big expansion. And I thought, gosh, I wonder if each of these divisions is actually making money. Uh, You know, we've grown this from scratch. So we've made a lot of mistakes about how we track things, what we're doing. And so I remember being on vacation saying, I don't know. We may be going under and I just didn't realize it until now. That was horrible. The gut feeling, it was just terrible. And it's ruining this vacation, this beautiful, wonderful (laughs) vacation. Because in the back of my mind, this is all I can think about is are we going broke? Our cash is falling fast. So like most good things come out of horrible times. I've heard uh, successful business people say the best moment of their life was right after they thought it was the worst. Um, it led to us tracking everything in our office. That, so I went back, sat down with you know, kind of our team leader, our core group, and said, all right, we need to know what's happening here. We're not watching. We don't have our eye on the ball well enough. So what do we need to track? And we started making lists. What would we like to know? What's going to put us in a very good spot? What's going to give patient care? customer satisfaction, what's going to give us the best position for the future. And we came up with our list of metrics, which is really our benchmarks for our business and our success. To this day, it's probably excessive. I mean, we're approaching 100 to 200 metrics that we track every single month of everything. Fast forward, eh, turns out we're just in a cash flow issue. We were actually doing better than ever. There's a couple little things that were keeping cash out. 
two months later, I said, wow, this is amazing. Had I had those metrics, the first thing is I wouldn't have ruined a vacation. I didn't ruin it. Right. I still had fun, but it, was, it wasn't the same. My mind was busy elsewhere. It was busy with yeah. work. But what it really, the amazing thing that came out of that failure is we know where we are. When something's changing, when something doesn't look right, it sticks out like a sore thumb on those metrics. Yeah, something's going on here in my technology. Sorry. So, I mean, I think that is amazing to think too, is that the, uh, like you just said, coming out of the storm, right? But I think the biggest thing we have to have sometime is an open mind to know that we are failing and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. And it's okay to, it's, it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't want. Yeah. Right. No, you're exactly right. So what, uh, what books would you share with our listeners that would be, uh, if you were going to start a little book collection here and pick up some reading, any one, two, three books you oh, recommend gosh. anything from traction to, uh, that's a good book. Uh, I really like, uh, uh, relentless, uh, solution focus. Yep. I think that's a great book. Jason. So yeah, Jason yeah. self goal, goal, um, which is good. Um, Lee Cockrell, I read a lot of his books, um, which I think are really good. Yeah. Um, he was on the podcast. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. So I, you know, it's interesting. I looked at your list. A lot of those are the books I love, which is a wonderful <laughs> thing. Right. Um, I think it's start a book, ask your friends, ask successful friends. What do you read? What do you look at? Yeah. And um, don't be afraid to look at books. Like when you said track or uh, green lights by Matthew McConaughey, I thought, yeah. Man, retroly, I started He's to lose lost. Mind. <laughs> and when I started the book, I won't lie, I thought this isn't it, but it's yeah. really good. Yeah. So I don't think, like starting a business, I don't think it's as critical what you read. Just start. Start reading. Start going forward, and you'll, you'll lead you to the other books. That's right. That's right. Um, what would you tell yourself right now? So, kind of as we wrap this up, what I mean, what are the, some of the things? If you look back and tell that Ryan Diedrich ten years ago, what advice would you give that guy? Don't be afraid to go for it. Um, I think you said it well, like imagine you can't fail. What's going to happen? I mean, that's really what happened. Yeah. Um, we made lots of mistakes. We did lots of wrong things, but we did a lot of right things. And I had a vision of where I wanted to be by the time I was retired, basically. And I hit that goal within five years of being wow. in practice. We're, and it's fascinating because you said 20 year goal. I knew where I wanted to be at 20 years. We were there. Um, like I said, about five, six years ago. And then I said, well, I'm going to set a new goal and this is crazy. We'll never get there. We blew past that last year. So now I'm looking at the next goal. Like, okay, maybe I need to think bigger. Maybe I'm just right. not dreaming big enough because we're actually accomplishing our goals. So as I look back and say, don't be afraid to dream big. You're going to get there. You can yeah. accomplish it. I love that. And you know, one of the things I've done over the years is I've got kind of two goals I've put out when I do my journaling and thinking and dreaming. I've got a uh, build the empire mm -hmm. and I've got a bet the farm. Okay. So like I bet the farm, this is going to happen, right? A, B, C, D, whatever that is in your career, in your professional, personal life, your whatever, right? I'm going to bet the farm, this is going to happen. So then I've got the minimums, right? Set that I know that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But then the exciting part is build the empire. That's forget everything, burn the ships. There's no plan B. Like this is that, what if you're going to do it and you knew you wouldn't fail type thing. And I have mm -hmm. found that's been very helpful. So not necessarily advice for you, but just for people that are listening, if they like to do that goal planning, I've really enjoyed that because then you can dream big and think big because I think if you just do one thing, you're like, oh, I'm kind of being crazy. This is this is too far. This is too wild. But kind of have two. Yeah. Bet the farm and build the empire. 
I think if I had to give two advices to starting business people, it'd be one, live within your means. You yeah. know, most of your extra revenue should go towards growing your business. Yep. Um, and don't expect it to be easy. Like, you know, I, I'll hear people that like, I'm going to start the business so I don't have to work hard. I can tell you, I'm the first one in the last one out of right. my office every single yeah. day almost. Yeah. And so it isn't going to be easy, but it's going to be rewarding. That's right. I love it. Um, where do our listeners find more of Dr. Ryan Diedrich? Where do we, uh, where do we find you? Um, our website, Mid-America Plastic Surgery. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram. I think we're on TikTok now. We're on Look at um, you know, Mid-America Plastic Surgery or the spot Mid-America. Um, we're there. Come look us up. Awesome. Man, it's been great having you, Ryan. Enjoy it. Love watching your success and your team as it's grown from just you and a few people to, would you say, 21 people We're now. We're 21 and growing fast. It's amazing, man. Well, uh, hats off to you. Congrats on 10 Thank years. You. It's been fun having you. Appreciate it. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 